With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I think the the biggest thing probably um, yesterday provides everybody is clarity just in terms of direction. Um, I think Deshaun has clarity in his end relative to what his future holds from a football standpoint. I think there's some things, you know, still on a legal front that probably, you know, I don't want to really get into that, but, you know, have to take place. But just clarity for him individually. I think clarity for our organization um, in terms of what the expectation is moving forward. Well, a lot of clarity was obtained on Friday afternoon at a time when we all thought Deshaun Watson was choosing between the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. Nope. Money talks. Here come the Cleveland Browns. Money talks. Money money screams. Yes. Money screams. And really, that's what it came down to. And Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland Plain Dealer had a great item on Sunday that basically... Once the Browns realized what a mess they had with Baker Mayfield, they started digging deep into the couch cushions at Jimmy Haslam's house for a few more million here and a few more million there, loose change from the billionaire in order to get Deshaun Watson because they knew they had a mess with Baker, so they had to get Watson's attention again, and nothing gets a guy's attention like $230 fully guaranteed on a five-year deal. Every penny fully guaranteed, $46 per year, five years. Every penny fully guaranteed. It's signing a record deal. And the Browns have a franchise quarterback. And the Texans finally offload a guy that has wanted to be out for 15 months. They've wanted to get rid of him for 15 months. And they get a big haul of picks in return for Deshaun Watson. Texans handled it very well at the end of the day. Yes, they did. I praised them last week. Smartest thing they've done in, in years. Chris, the way they handled this to get what they wanted to make sure that Deshaun Watson wouldn't ultimately narrow his list down to one team that he would go to before the Texans knew what they were getting 
and leave the Texans with no leverage. They pre-qualified everyone who had permission to talk to Deshaun Watson so they knew what they were going to get. It was just a matter of Watson picking where he wanted to go. And ultimately, unexpectedly, stunningly, he picks the Browns. Yeah, I mean, stunningly, but I mean, as a football fan, I'm happy about it. I am. I love it. I do. I mean, yes, money talks, like you said. I mean, guaranteed money with probably suspension, you know, staring them down in the face. You get that. Okay, that makes sense. You know, the Browns, the fact that I just, I don't know. Again, I thought they had another plan for what, you know, you know, happened here as far as, wait, if Baker Mayfield's unhappy that we get too far down the road, I just thought they would have another plan in place like we talked about last week a little bit. That was a little bit shocking. That, yes, there was no plan. And, oh, no, wait, we've really pissed Baker Mayfield off now. Now we've really pissed him off. Oh, no, I don't know. We, 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 we thought we were just going to be okay to go visit Deshaun Watson, and that wouldn't be an issue. Oh, it is an issue. Oh, no. Now he definitely doesn't want to come back. You're right. That's what changed the game there as far as getting Deshaun Watson signed up in Cleveland. And as a football fan, I am glad to see it. I'm enjoying this AFC quarterback league showdown that's about to uh, happen here in, in 2022. And for Deshaun Watson, one of the things that bothered me last week was we were he was as a as a player. I was going, man, it, it bothers me a little bit that he's picking a place just based on where he wants to live. It's just not a good recipe for success. It's not. You know, I mean, that's, you know, Brady didn't pick Tampa Bay because he just wanted to live in Tampa or Peyton Manning because of Denver. I think he picked ultimately the best place for him and uh, for him to have some success and for us for good television in the AFC. Once he's on the field, and that's yeah, the it's other be side a while. of this. We don't know yeah. when he's going to be on the field. And there are a lot of different ways this can go. And it's it's curious how... This has unfolded 10 days ago, and it was only 10 days ago. So much has happened since Friday, March 11th. But that was when the grand jury considered nine criminal complaints against Deshaun Watson. The grand jury decided not to indict him on any charges, misdemeanor or felony. That created a sense that everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. Let's go. And not it's fine like the the dog if that is a dog in that cartoon and all the fire, this is fine. No, everybody thought it was really fine. It wasn't sarcastic. Fine. It's fine. Let's go get him. Let's go get him. Let's go get to Sean Watson. And over that weekend, March 12 and 13, they all started coming out of the woodwork. And I think the media, some in the media helped goose that process by saying, Hey, this team's interested. Hey, that team's interested. Hey, that team's interested. And you know what? A lot of them were interested. Yeah. A lot of them were, they took that grand jury finding a lack of an indictment to mean it's open season. Go get Deshaun Watson. We'll worry about the legal situation later. Well, now here we are, three days removed from Watson picking the Browns. And I think that legal situation, now that we've ended this offseason competition, the closest thing to a football game we're going to see, other than the scouting combine, until September, ooh, we got four teams in a multilateral tug of war to get Deshaun Watson. It's competition. It's reality TV. Oh, he picked the Browns. Okay. Oh, wait. There's 22 civil lawsuits pending against Deshaun Watson. Oh, wait. You know what? The grand jury could reconvene at any time and a new prosecutor could take up these issues only limited by the statute of limitations. Oh, wait. The feds could do something about all of this stuff if they want to. Oh, wait. This is a huge embarrassment for the NFL. Like, they've forgotten about all that. And now it's back. Now it's back. It never went away. But these 22 civil cases are going to hover over the Browns. They're going to hover over to Sean Watson. My first reaction was, 
Take some of that money and make these cases go away. And I don't mean it in a pejorative sense. I don't mean it in a trivial sense. I mean it in a secure justice. Give these individuals who believe their rights were violated a sense that they have gotten their justice. That's why they sued. That's how the civil justice system works. Give me money in exchange for the damage you've done to me. He needs to get these done. He needs to put it behind him. He needs to take his suspension. He needs to stop fighting. And my concern is that his camp is wired to fight. They're still inclined to say everybody's lying. I'm sorry. Somewhere between 1 and 22, that goes away. At 1, I'm willing to hear you out. At 2, okay. 3, I start getting a little nervous. 4, 22, I don't know where the number is between 1 and 22, Chris, but 22 is on the wrong side of me assuming that they're all lying, they're all wrong, they're all delusional, they're all conspiring. So it's time to make it all go away. And again, I don't mean make it go away in a trivial sense. I mean get everyone in a room, get it resolved, do the right thing, take your suspension, move on with your career. Yeah, well, I mean, it seems inevitable that we're going to get some sort of suspension. It's just about how long it's going to be. You know, that's got to be, of course, you know, Cleveland, the fact that they offered this contract, like you said, fully guaranteed, and now they can finagle their way, wiggle their way around, you know, maximum suspension as far as the financial burden it would be on Deshaun Watson. I don't know. I think there is the ways NFL can go around that, too, a little bit. No, but my, I, I hear you, Mike. I mean, this is going nowhere. So I, I'm a little surprised that, hey, you already talked about it. Nick Casario, what a great job he did. I mean, yes, what a great job. I mean, I, I was nervous. You were nervous all along that they would get stuck at the table with only one team to talk about or that too much of the civil stuff or law stuff wouldn't be settled. And you go, wow, that's really going to hurt you know, their case to, to maximize the trade. But – you know, to your point, last week, no grand jury indictment, boom. Most in the NFL just looked at that as going, okay, we're out of the woods. Now let's go get one of the best players in football. And Casario, brilliant, the fact that he got all that he got from this. I mean, it really is. I, I mean, you're right, Mike. I mean, Cleveland's going to have to deal with this. It doesn't look like Deshaun Watson, or we haven't heard anything that settlements are coming I'm still sitting here going, I'd like to just hear from Deshaun Watson and just a comment once, just as a fan of the guy before all this happened. As a quarterback, I'd like to hear a comment, something. So there's a lot of things here that are a little strange, and I am a little surprised that that the Texans were able to get full you know, worth out of of this trade because of some of the stuff that's still kind of floating around here. I really am. They played it perfectly. Yeah. I got to give them a ton of credit. They they seized the momentum that emerged once teams started pursuing Deshaun Watson. And Casario mentioned the other day that there were actually a few more teams there that was. didn't meet the minimum requirements to get to the table. Let's hear that while we're in that neighborhood. Here's Casario talking about whether and to what extent other teams were pursuing Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I would say there was a fair amount of teams. I think the teams, what we try to do is bring the teams that had, I would say, a legitimate interest, and that was kind of based on, I would say, maybe the compensation that was presented, kind of going back to the earlier question Brooks asked. I think there was a certain threshold that I kind of had established in order to make it a legitimate discussion, and if we got to that point, then we can gauge a little bit further. So, you know, I would say I don't want to get into the exact number, but, you know, it was probably a few more than, you know, however many teams um, everybody was reporting on here at the end. 
a few more than everybody was reporting on. We don't know who they are. We may never find out who they are. The Colts at one point inquired in the no Texans said, no, 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 right. no, we're not. We're not trading him within the division. And they had four other viable offers in hand. But here's why I'm not a general manager and Nick Casario is. My advice was find out all the teams that are interested, find out the teams that Deshaun Watson is interested in, and then try to spark an auction among those teams to get the highest possible bid. The problem is Watson may have come out of those conversations saying, hey, I only want to go to Cleveland. I'm not going anywhere else. Cleveland's it. That's the only team I'm waiving my no trade clause for. That's when the Texans would have been screwed. So they made the smart move before you even get a chance to sit down and talk to this guy. You have to tell us what you're willing to give us, and we have to say that's enough. So the other three teams, Saints, Falcons, Panthers, they were willing to do something similar, if not more than what the Browns were willing to do, in order to even have the ability to speak to Deshaun Watson. Now, you mentioned you'd like to hear from Deshaun Watson, Chris. What Has there ever been a time when a team – has acquired no. a franchise quarterback yeah. and not had an introductory press conference. Has that ever happened before? Not that I can remember. I, nope. I, it's, it's, I, I've been waiting to hear something like it, like we're going to have it in a few days. And, of course, it's crickets as far as that's concerned. So, yeah, that says a lot right there. I mean, it's a, it's a like, monumental, league-changing trade and contract to go along with it, and we're still haven't really heard different heard from the team. At least seeing them in person, talking to a mic, have to answer a few questions and do that. Yeah, that I think that's pretty crazy. You know what? I'm actually asking the Browns right now because I'm not going to assume they're not going to do it simply because they issued a flurry of statements yesterday when they right. announced the trade. It it could mean they still are going to do it. A lot of times you'll see the initial announcement and there'll be some quotes and the one word that showed up in every quote from ownership from GM Andrew Barry and from coach Kevin Stefanski was extensive we did extensive research we did extensive homework we looked at this extensively and yes these teams all have in-house security departments retired police officers law enforcement who know how to get to the bottom of things know how to gather information although I, I wonder how how adept they all are across the board based upon the fact that, for example, yeah. in 2007, Mike Vick had a, an active dogfighting operation in Virginia that the Falcons somehow didn't know about. I mean, come on. You gave this guy a $100 million contract and you some didn't find out better. about Yeah, yeah. yeah some, no. That's right. Some are better than others. Right. And something that no team did was contact Tony Busby the lawyer who represents the 22 plaintiffs. And I think we talked about this last week. We like did. It's kind of a no-win situation because mm-hmm. if you don't talk to Busby, he's going to go, they didn't talk to me. And he's going to try to make the most hay that he can for his clients. And that's okay, but you have to understand that. And if you do talk to him and you still trade for Deshaun Watson, he's going to say, they heard everything I had to say and they still traded for him for shame. He's going to do anything he can to create chaos. That's what he does. So you have to ask yourself, what's better? To not give him a voice? And let him complain that he didn't have a voice or give him a voice and let him complain that he ignored and we ignored and they ignored what I had to say. That's the balance. And with a guy like Busby and when you look at everything he's said, I mean, he's been he's been what you would expect him to be. I don't want to cast aspersions on the guy. He's been exactly what you would expect the guy representing the 22 plaintiffs against Deshaun Watson to be seeking publicity, grabbing attention 
grandstanding, chest thumping. He's exactly what you would expect. So, so if you're the Browns, what do you really find out in talking to this guy? Because he's going to be over the top. It's going to be skewed. It's going to be dramatic. And ultimately, it may not be all that helpful in yeah, comparison right. to what you can get through other channels. So, uh, but, but again, you, you still give him the opportunity, as he's doing, to crow to ESPN. John Barr yesterday, yeah. the Browns didn't talk to me. Nobody talked to me. Right, because everybody knows what you're going to say. Yeah, and, uh, 100%. I, I think you know, ne- neither decision is going to be easy. I, I, if you put me in the Brown shoes and the Browns' shoes in their front office, I, I'm probably going to choose not to talk to Tony Busby, too. You know, again, not the fact that, hey, we don't have a lot of sympathy for, for the 22 people and all, all of that. We get that. But I'm not going to sit here and just go, oh, everything he says is just the stone-cold truth. Oh, dude, guaranteed. I mean, there's that aspect. There's also the aspect if Deshaun Watson did, you know, stumble or do something maybe a little wrong in a few years, Tony Busby come out and, oh, oh, I told the Browns about that. I, did. I mean, so that's a never-ending no-win situation for, I, I think, for the Browns. N- nothing is going to be easy here right now. They got to weather the storm a little bit. So, yeah, they're going to have to take some knocks and, and some shots on the chin here from Busby and, and take that bad publicity. And they're going to take a few other things as well. But that comes with the territory and, and trading for Deshaun Watson. And like you said, they're hoping it turns the team around. He plays well. And two or three years, we all forget about this, like Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. And, hey, wow, awesome. We're Cleveland Browns. We're winning footballs and we got football games and we got our quarterback again. That's what they're hoping. They're hoping they can, you know, change the or turn the tide of that. And we'll see. It's not going to be easy here. Certainly not. Uh, but I do think the first thing to me that would go over, at least personally to me, and I even hear this from other people, is just to see Deshaun Watson a little bit, just to hear him, look in his eyes, you know, see if there's some, you know, remorseful feelings and, and, and anything like that that comes to, you know, reading a player and having him answer some questions there. I mean, I would like to see that, but I know we're not out of all the legal stuff yet. We probably won't see it anytime soon. According to the Browns, they haven't confirmed the timing yet of a press conference in connection with the trade for Deshaun Watson, but they will keep us posted. So we will keep you posted on when there will be. It sounds like there will be a press conference, and it's not going to be pretty. It shouldn't be pretty. There should be some tough questions, and we should see how they answer them. And, you know, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins last year, insisted on all 22 of the cases being settled before the Dolphins would be allowed to trade for Deshaun Watson, and ultimately 18 of the individuals were ready to go, four refused, and that blew the whole thing up. I would, if I were the Browns right now, say we want these cases to be settled. I would enter into the trade. I wouldn't demand that they be settled before the trade because I think if you make that demand, you're not getting Deshaun Watson when you have three other teams at the table. But I would want some sort of an assurance that these cases are going to be resolved. And there's a way the NFL can take – control of this I've been going back and forth on whether or not the NFL will take action against Deshaun Watson before or after the civil cases are resolved and the one thing I keep coming back to is this there's a chance he wins all 22 of these cases there there is due process he's not accused of anything criminally these are civil claims I'm not trying to minimize the allegations but it's a different context the criminal process has not has not secured any traction. So if he should somehow win, 
the 22 cases that are pending against him. What did he do wrong at the end of the day if he would win those? Yeah. What did he do wrong? What right. can you do to him? Right. He was found to have engaged in no misconduct of any kind. Now, the NFL could at that point say your habit of securing massages via social media and hoping or engineering yeah. that some of these, many of these become sexual encounters. We're not fine with that. And we believe that some sort of intervention is necessary. And there is language you could cut and paste right from the letter that was sent to Ben Roethlisberger in 2010 when he was suspended by the league. So they could do that at the end of the day. They could do that then. They could step in now and suspend him for what we already know. Or they could just say this, you know, and they have they have broad powers to put guys on paid leave. This would be a way, I think, to force a settlement. You say to Deshaun Watson, you're not playing until these are resolved. You can decide how they're going to be resolved. You're not playing until they're resolved. Now, that puts him in a tough spot because it drives up the settlement price dramatically because he can't play until these are resolved. And it puts the Browns in a horrible spot, too. But you know what? The Browns have voluntarily jumped into this quicksand with Deshaun Watson. They're going to sink as far as he sinks. And the lifeline, the only lifeline, is settle the cases. Secure justice with the individuals. Turn the page on this ugly chapter in your life and move forward. And the NFL can't. The, the, the NFL, I think, can be very direct with the Browns and Deshaun Watson and say, "Look, here's how it's going to be. You're going to settle these cases, or we're not letting you play until they're over. So you decide what you're going to do, you, you, and then communicate that to them quietly. Quietly, here's what you need to do. And if you don't do it, you're not playing. You're just not playing. You'll be on paid leave. It's up to you. You decide. Settle them and get suspended without pay, or fight them." And get put on paid leave. It's your decision. Wow. I, I just I, – I can't imagine the NFL doing that. I think that's a little Why bit – Why not? Well, I, I, I mean, you're basically forcing a guy's civil liberties. You're going, we don't care. We don't care. And we don't care about your civil liberties. But just get it done civil if you want liberties. to play with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're no? just pouring out you don't terms. Think so? Civil liberties. No. No. Or, no. I mean – The no, fact that you, – you, They've got, they've got the right under, under the personal conduct policy to do this if they want to do it. They've got every right to do it. They've got every right to say, we don't want this guy on the field, nationally televised games against the Bengals, against the Steel. We don't want this with the cases still pending. We don't want the broadcast. This is the whole reason for paid leave. They don't want to have games on TV involving players who have pending charges against them. Now, typically it's criminal. Typically it's criminal. And typically it's dangerous to take any action against someone who is simply the defendant in a civil case. But when you get to 22, that's when the rules go out the window. That's when what's usual and ordinary has to take a back seat to 22 civil claims of sexual misconduct. 22. That's the number that won't go away. And that's why I'm saying it, it, if he's not going to settle these cases on his own, if he's not going to do it at the urging of the Browns, if the Browns aren't going to urge him to do it, the NFL has the power if it wants to use it. I'm not saying it should. I'm just saying it could. And this may be the best way to put this behind everyone. Your choice. Settle the cases and take a paid or an unpaid suspension. Excuse me. Or fight them with the knowledge that we're not letting you play until this is over. You want to fight it? You want to take it to trial? That's fine. That's your right. But you're not getting on the football field until these 22 cases are gone. How long do you think this would take, like, if he were to fight it? I mean, would it, would it match up with the time frame of if he got suspended eight games? Uh, would it, is, it the, is it something, Mike, that could, you know, justifiably be done halfway, you know, before the year? Because I just, I, you know, again, 
you know, I, I, I don't doubt you in the fact that the NFL could do this or any of it. It doesn't seem right that they could do that, you know, especially if Deshaun Watson feels that he's innocent. You know, I'm with you. I get it. Yeah, it's 22. It, it's a little fishy. Sorry. Do I, you know, I'm not saying that they're all true or whatever, but yeah, that's a little fishy. Sorry. Like you said, it's a little more than like, oh, one or two, or he said, she said. We passed that point. Um, but I don't know. Realistically, Mike, I mean, you would know better than me. How long would that take to settle? I mean, is that something? Because like, like, like you said, we have no sign that they're going to back down or go do anything other than fight for his innocence at this point. Well, well, there were deals in place with 18 of the plaintiffs last year. And since Watson needed all 22 to be settled, he settled none of them. I think at this point, if you want to settle these cases and you're willing to pay, because ultimately that's what it comes down to. That's how justice is measured in the civil system. It's how much the defendant's willing to pay and how much the plaintiff will take. Now, the problem is this guy's got $230 million fully guaranteed over the next five years. That may change some of the expectations, Definitely. but that's the risk you take. Because you know what? He could have settled 18 of them last year if he wanted to. He could have settled the 18. You, you, can, you can individually negotiate these cases. You didn't have to say we want all 22 to be settled. He could have whittled it down to four, and he could have settled with the final four now. And whatever it takes, you, you, you pay him whatever it takes to make it, to make it go away. Uh, so I, I think there are ways to do it. There are technical legal strategies that could be employed that would, that would increase the incentive for the plaintiffs to, to take the settlement. And it would be a fair and just number that would be offered by Deshaun Watson. There are ways to do it. Rusty Hart knows what he's doing if the objective is to get these cases resolved. If the objective is to fight, then, you know, these are going to continue to hang around. And, well, yeah. and the Browns are going to continue to take the heat for it. Look, my, my niece is an extremely rabid Browns fan. She doesn't like that they traded for Deshaun Watson. Sure, a lot she of would feel don't. better about it if he settles the cases. Yeah. And I think that a lot of Browns fans feel that way. They don't like it. They would feel better about it if he would settle the cases, have his his reckoning, make amends, and put it all behind him so it doesn't hover over the Browns. They've had enough crap hovering over that team since 1999 when it returned to the NFL. They don't want 22 civil lawsuits alleging sexual misconduct during massage therapy sessions I get it. hovering over the team. Yeah. They don't want it. I get it. I mean, listen, I, I don't want it either. I, I get it. I, I understand. I, I do. I do. I, I, you know, I also find it... You know, a little hard line, I guess, for the NFL to force Deshaun Watson's hands in that. You know, so that would be interesting here to watch this. Also, I just ask you, Mike, I mean, Busby to this point, you know, he doesn't seem, you know, content on doing anything very easy for Deshaun Watson or his camp. It doesn't seem like he's going to be he's going to he's going to bargain to get the greatest deals ever. It just seems like everything he's done is a little bit over the top to this point. So I don't see him being like going to the negotiating table and going, well, that's fair. I mean, I feel like he's going to try to hammer Deshaun Watson there, which also makes it you know, hard for him. And again, I got great sympathy for, for all 22 of these cases. I really do. Um, but yeah, this is a, it's a tough situation. It is. And I don't know if it's the right thing, you know, again, like I said, to, to force a guy's hand to, to settle all these. There's a point where the client has to take over. There's yeah. a point where... 
you and and I, I didn't want to get super technical, but most jurisdictions have a device known as an offer of judgment. It can be a very effective tool to get the attention of a plaintiff who otherwise enters a case with nothing to lose. And that's how it happens. You see the commercials on TV. We don't get paid unless we get money for you. There is no out-of-pocket cost typically in these cases. And that causes lawyers to only take on cases where they think there's going to be a sizable settlement or verdict that would justify the expenditure of time and money. But, but. If you make an offer of judgment, here's how it works. It's very simple. I'm trying, I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible. Deshaun Watson, for each of these 22 individuals, could make what's called an offer of judgment. It's a specific monetary offer. It's got to be made at least 10 days in advance of the start of trial. If you do that, and if the individual ultimately doesn't get as much or more at trial, that person is responsible from, for all litigation costs incurred from the moment the offer was made. Okay? Gotcha. So... And you, you get you get all not not attorney's fees typically, but all litigation costs, travel expenses, deposition expenses, photocopying, everything that gets spent out of pocket to defend the case from the moment the offer is made until the end of trial, that comes out of the pocket in theory of the plaintiff. Now, now, how much of that money is there? But but what it does it doesn't matter. What it does is. It puts risk. It puts skin in the game for the plaintiff who otherwise yeah. has nothing to lose. Gotcha. And when right. the lawyer explains it, it's like, yeah, you know, this could be this is a lot of money. It's a lot of money that ultimately may be your responsibility. Okay, what was that offer again? Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. That, that's a, right. That goes okay. a long way toward getting people who are otherwise that. reluctant yeah. to, to wake up and say, I better take this because I'm going to be at financial risk if I don't. If it's a fair number. Right. If it's a fair number. Right. It's like, boy, I'm not I'm not I don't think I'm going to I I couldn't ask for a whole lot better than this at trial. I better just take this and be done with it now. All right. So that that, that makes sense. I didn't realize that aspect of it either. So there is there is a here's the problem. Yeah. Well, let me add the Let me add the P.S. Yeah. You're actually offering a judgment against you. So it increases the scrutiny that you will face before the NFL, because sure. not only have you settled, you've also had a judgment entered that you're responsible for the thing that they've accused you of doing. That's the other side of it. you got to be willing to take that. And, and see, the problem is, and, and maybe, maybe the NFL should be a little more open with the agents and the lawyers and the players as to what the consequences may be so they can make informed decisions. The NFL doesn't do that. The NFL keeps its cards very close to the vest and doesn't tell anybody what it's planning to do until it does it. And, and that can make it harder to make strategic decisions when the big wild card is what's the NFL going to do. And nobody knows until the NFL decides to do it. But the NFL is always driven by PR, Chris. That's the key. And if there's huge local blowback in Cleveland and broader, and you look, you look at Peter King's column today. I mean, Peter has a very heartfelt and aggressive attack on the Browns and the NFL. If that gains real traction, that's when the NFL could say, hey, Deshaun, you're not playing until these are resolved. Yeah. You, you need to get these resolved. You're not setting foot on our gridiron, on our field, with our shield until these cases are resolved. Yeah. Uh, the, the more and more I sit here, the more and more I just sit here and go, oh, I, I, that's the play. And I, I think just talking it out, listening to you, you know, learning some things that I didn't maybe know about the situation, uh, I think it is the way to go. And you know, as, as you sit here and look at it a little bit, you kind of look at Deshaun and go, I think he's, you know, trying to have it both ways a little bit here, you know, as far as. Doesn't want to get the blowback, but you know doesn't maybe want to do you know what he needs to do to to squash you know all the media hype and frenzy around this as well. And I and you're right. I don't think it's going anywhere as long as this is going on still. 
Yeah, you know, again, it seems like he wants to fight and prove his innocence. It seems like he's been determined, determined to do that, you know, ever from the start. And, hey, cool, I support that. But, you know, with that, like you said, it, it's just going to drag this out and it's going to be scrutinized even more. And it's going to engage the Cleveland fan base even more because they're going to go, oh, wait, this guy's our quarterback? Wait, I'm going to start reading more articles and pay attention to this whole case here and see what's going on to where – you know, I'm with you, Mike. You definitely have changed my 100% swayed me to the side that you, you started off the show with going, get them settled. Get it done. Yeah, people aren't going to be happy, but people aren't going to be happy no matter what in this situation. I think that's the best way at least to start soothing over the public and, and maybe going, a, going you know, away here to, to rebranding your image and, and, and trying to you know, get on the better side or the, the good side of, of the Cleveland Brown fan base. I'm with you, Mike. I think you're spot on. I was doing radio last week, and I think I was talking about this case, and I was struggling for the old Paul Tagliabue saying in matters like this, and I finally remember what it is. All's well that ends. Right. There's a point where it has to end and it has to end. This has to end and it has to end the right way. It has to end with the 22 individuals feeling satisfaction that they got justice in some form. And the best settlement is the settlement that leaves everyone a little pissed off. Right. Yeah. It's if 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 one side is too happy and the other side is too upset, it wasn't a good settlement. Good settlement is everybody's a little upset. Everybody compromised. Let's compromise. Let's get it done. Let's move on. The Browns need it. The NFL needs it. Deshaun Watson needs it. Everyone needs it to get this over with. It's been a year, and it's time for it to get resolved. And then, and then it's time for the NFL to decide what the suspension is going to be. And that's exactly why the Browns have added Jacoby Brissett and traded Case Keenum. Because they want to teach one offense. Right. They want, they want skill sets aligned. So they want Jacoby Brissett, Deshaun Watson, skill sets aligned so Brissett can go run the offense for the first six weeks, if that's what it is, and then Deshaun Watson shows up. So I think the Browns are already setting this up under the assumption that he's going to be suspended this year and it's going to be over this year and come 2023, we go forward unencumbered by anything it may still be lingering as it relates to these off-field issues. I know. I, I want to talk about it. We haven't even talked about the football stuff of this yet. That, that's just we haven't hit there. But one other thing, Mike, I'm just interested in your thought here. Uh, we, we've seen in the past when people have had to sit out situations like this, Deshaun Watson, that that gets accounted for in the suspension. Do you think that'll happen as far as last year? The fact that I know he got paid, so that seems to be a little different too. But – does that give him sympathy a little bit from the NFL to where they go, well, we were going to give him 10, but we'll give him six because basically he had to miss the whole last year. Do you think that goes down here in this situation? I, I, I don't think. I, he, he, he didn't lose a dime. Yeah, so nobody he got cares a full, after his that. His full $10 right. million. Dollars. Right. And, he's, and, and look, look how they've engineered this, and others have done it. I think at one point Tom Brady had a restructuring of his contract did. to reduce they got the, the impact of the deflate gate right. suspension. Right. right. And it's happened with others. I, I was doing some research over the weekend. There was a time when Rob Ninkovich was facing a suspension. They did the exact same thing. And, and it, 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 it feels wrong. It feels, you know, it's a clear loophole that, that could easily be plugged by the NFL. They right. could say your suspension isn't your game check. Your suspension is your proportional amount based upon your signing bonus allocation for the I mean, they could do whatever they want yeah. to make it a larger amount if they wanted to do it. Or they could just fine him if they want to. 
They could fine him $10 million. So um, it's a loophole that the NFL is allowed to exist. And if it's allowed to exist, you take advantage of it. But but the the, the bottom line is, what were we even talking about before we started on down <laughs> yes, the track? Yes, yes. You, you blanked out. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, was asking I mean, what about taking talking into about? account the suspension, you know, from oh, last yeah, yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I don't think You're getting old, you old timer. I don't. I don't. Uh, it's the first time that so, happened somebody, to you. <laughs> some, somebody made the comment to me over the weekend. Uh, boy, this is uh, aging must be really weird. And my response was yes. And if you're lucky, it'll happen to you too. <laughs> yeah, so. that's right. That's right. All right. So you good? It's better yeah. than the alternative. Yeah, I'm it, fine. Yeah. All right. Good. You got your thought back? Or so you, you good? Yeah. I got my thought back. Right, you good. don't have to bring it up ten <laughs> freaking times over the next hour and a half. I almost said the other word. Uh, but I, you know what? I'm at the age now. Not quite. Not quite. There's the Lee Corso thing from 2011 when he said F it live on ESPN and nobody said boo about it. I think once you get to a certain age, you yeah. can just blurt out whatever you yeah, want you're when it comes to the profanity. Cra- you cro- you've crossed the crazy old man line. Like It's like every, every, you're right. There's an age where you know the old man hits it. Everybody's just a crazy old man. We don't really correct him on what he says anymore. <laughs> you might be there. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to test it out just yet. So, so bottom line, to finally answer your question i don't think the nfl cares because he got paid and and i remember the adrian peterson situation in 2014 where he was placed on paid leave by the nfl and got paid and i think there was a belief that maybe he was going to get some consideration for that when it was time to suspend him the following year and or, or later that year whenever that got resolved when he was in the the, the, the child abuse situation, it all came up right around the time of Ray Rice and Greg Hardy. It was Adrian Peterson. That was when the NFL figured out this concept of paid leave to keep guys off the field, even if their charges haven't been resolved yet. Right, right. And it's inherently unfair, I think, to do that. And they don't think it hurts the guy because he still gets paid. It's like, well, he wants to play football. So it does hurt the guy. They, they, they don't accept that. They just want the guy off the field. Even then, they didn't give Adrian Peterson any extra consideration because he was on – paid leave at the behest of the league. So I don't think they're ultimately going to care. So let's talk about the football side of it. What do you think about Deshaun Watson with the Browns? What does it do their offense? And because uh, it changes their offense, doesn't it? I mean, dramatically. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, there's nothing that he can't do. Uh, that's for sure. And, you know, as far as it comes, the, the, the great thing about Deshaun Watson is, yes, play within the system, fits that system, certainly, you know, boots, play actions. But his talent is just, it's greater than Baker Mayfield's. Of course, we know it's superstar talent. You know, his, his arm, he's got a, a great arm. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, but it's that next group down where the best arms in football can throw from any arm angle, can push the ball down the field, throw the ball with power outside the numbers. I mean, that's where he's going to be, I think, a little different from Baker Mayfield is the fact that maybe, you know, just... Uh, He's a better playmaker within the pocket. Reads defenses better. I didn't want to. I was going to say more aggressive decision maker, but Baker's aggressive too. Too aggressive. Deshaun Watson has found you know that line of being wait that's aggressive and that's stupid, and that's where he's great. Let alone Deshaun Watson is one of those guys that you always talk about, Mike. Oh, there's nothing there. Okay, he can make it happen and and get outside the pocket, extend the play, scramble for a 15 yard gain. That's where he's special. So. You know, again, I don't know if the offense necessarily changes a whole lot from from their standpoint, 
other than the fact that they're going to feel like they got a guy that knows how to play the position a little bit at a higher level, reads the field, doesn't make as many crazy decisions. And, of course, his maximum ultimate talent is just greater than Baker Mayfield. And that's what's got to be exciting for Cleveland as far as the football goes. You've expressed frustration in the past with the fact that Deshaun Watson at times tries too hard yeah. to keep a play alive. Right. Treats every play like it's the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Sometimes you just got to fold the tents and move on and get him into tough spots. But that's a good problem to have when you have a guy who has the skill to buy time. You know, some guys like Carson Wentz try to buy time and they either get themselves injured or they throw a left-handed interception that's a pick six. Right. I mean, right. when Deshaun Watson buys time, more often than not, he makes something happen. Yeah, that, that, that's, the, that's the point. And, Mike, you know, even the, in the year, the last time we saw Deshaun Watson, 2020, with the year without DeAndre Hopkins, he had a great year. He really did maybe, you know, a lot of people always say it's the greatest year of his career. Yeah, they weren't very good. You know, I, I think they were 4-12 and 12 that year. You know, but they were so yes. close in a bunch of games to, to winning it, being there because of Deshaun Watson. And I felt like in that year, he fixed the issue that you just brought up a little bit. There was less of, oh, wait, this is the last play of the game. My hair's on fire. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to scramble. And, oh, I got a five-yard completion, even though it's the first quarter. And I got crushed and hit underneath the chin and the ribs. And, oh, man, I'm banged up a little bit here. I do feel like he broke that spell a little bit that year and played it a little bit more traditionally and conservative as far as just not taking the big hits. So that's where Deshaun Watson is dangerous. You know, he's, he is like a Mahomes or an Allen or an Aaron Rodgers in the fact that, yes, we know he can make plays and do things outside the pocket, but if you keep him in the pocket, he can dice you up and make all the right decisions there as well. And that's where, you know, he has that top five quarterback potential always. He was phenomenal in 2020, yeah. even though they only won four games, and he didn't have a lot of help around him. This quote from last month to Ryan Rossillo by Quincy Avery, Deshaun Watson's personal quarterbacks coach. People might have forgotten that his last year in Houston when he played, he was carrying like three guys who could have been working at your local Walmart at the receiver <laughs> position, and he went absolutely berserk. So uh, that that was the assessment from Quincy Avery, the Personal quarterbacks coach, not the quarterbacks coach of the Texans in 2020. But, uh, you know, there weren't a lot of talented players on that team. Watson was phenomenal. Now he's got Amari Cooper. He's got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. David Njoku at tight end. Yep. They added Jakeem Grant. Right. Jarvis Landry may come back. Right. Antonio Brown's already making noise about playing for the Browns. <laughs> what a shock now that Deshaun Watson's there. He'll <laughs> yeah. play for anybody. But, yeah. hey, but pair me up with Deshaun Watson. So, uh it, it's it's going to be exciting once we get past the things that need to be taken care of. And these things need to be taken care of. There's a price to be paid, literally and figuratively, for doing business with Deshaun Watson. The Browns are welcoming him. In, and, they, and you know what? They're going into this with their eyes open as to what it is and to what's going to happen. That doesn't mean it shouldn't happen. That doesn't mean they shouldn't get the scrutiny. They should get the scrutiny. They're accepting the scrutiny. They're balancing the scrutiny against having a franchise quarterback for 10 years, against finally throwing away that jersey with all the names on it, or at least delaying the addition of another name yeah. into the early part of the next decade. That's what they're choosing to do. But, see, the fact that there were four teams so hotly in pursuit of Deshaun Watson numbed that that criticism that should have been going on last week. It should have been going on all all week long as they right, were doing this. Right. But, you know, between free agency and the spirit of competition and they're trying to get him and what's going to happen and where's he going to go, 
And now that he's got his choice, it's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. There's all this other stuff that hasn't gone away, and the Browns have to deal with it, Watson has to deal with it, the league has to deal with it, and we have to deal with it. No, I know. It's it's, it's, it's a little bit tough because you want to go, yeah, the Browns have got to deal with it for sure, but damn, those other teams wanted to deal with it too. Let's not all let them off the hook if we are. They all wanted to deal with it. They were, like, dying to deal with it, all right? So that's that's where it is tough for Cleveland. You won the sweepstakes to get them. Now you also win, you know, the scrutiny award, and we get to scrutinize your your whole organization here and and why you did this and everything. Yes, we know the four teams that were involved. We know there were there's other teams involved as well. You know, the Indianapolis Colts for sure, like you talked about. Uh, the the Bucks, the Bucks were involved in talking to Deshaun Watson and his camp. Uh, I, uh, to me, again, I don't know this aspect of it, but I, I before I, before before Brady, before yeah, sorry, twelve, yes, back. exactly. Right. That oh, I was going to go into. I would okay. think that's what probably expedited TB12's decision a little bit because they were probably like, hey, um, we're starting to talk to Deshaun. Can we get an answer from you here soon? Uh, I, I would think that happened at least to a degree. But, yes, no, they were involved. And I heard some other teams that dabbled in, in the conversation as well. So, yeah, I mean, Cleveland is not the only jerk team out here in the NFL for all those that want to criticize just the Cleveland Browns. Two quick points. Can you imagine if Brady hadn't come back, it would have been all four teams in the NFC South pursuing Deshaun Watson, all four of them. And, hey, if you're ultimately looking for the place to win, you're going to Tampa Bay. Yes. You're going to Tampa Bay because they're loaded and they're in the NFC. Yes. Those are the two key ingredients because there aren't many loaded teams in the NFC right now. No, they're not. I mean, it's amazing. It's a mass exodus to go to the AFC right now. Uh, even one of the teams that I didn't even get to talk about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Can we carve we'll, we'll out another? About it I know. I'm just we'll joking. But we'll wait, one other thing I want to say. That's for taking Fridays off. Uh, well, I know. Pay me more. Sparky. and then Maybe I'll come in there Friday. Okay, jerk. All right. Either way. But the last thing I wanted to talk about, oh, was from the football standpoint, too. You mentioned it. But Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland's so close. I mean, they're really close. They are. And I know they're going to get a dis- a suspended Deshaun Watson. But for my money... For the team at Cleveland and then the other three that were involved, I, 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 I don't think it was really close as far as the team I would have chose if you just asked me about football and where to go there. That's what, I was shocked that he wiped them off the list first. I was like, wow, what? Wow, I guess it really is all about just where he wants to live. You know, I was I, Like I told you earlier, I was a little disappointed about that. I mean, Cleveland, the only thing you look at is you go, well, I, I would like them to get another receiver or two. And I would imagine that's on their radar and the, you know, the draft this year, they're falling off trees again. But Mike, I mean, holy crapola Batman in the AFC. I mean, the AFC North alone, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Joe Burrow. And then you have the AFC West with all four of those guys. You still got Josh Allen in the AFC East. You know, you got Zach Wilson coming up the pipes with Mac Jones, maybe. Tua, let's see if he could do it. I mean, in the AFC South, you got Tannehill and Trevor Lawrence, and I know the other two teams will see, you know, what they got. But it's just, it's unbelievable. It really is. I just, divisional football in the AFC this year has just gone to another level, and that's what's going to be amazing to watch. There's a chance that there will be a team that doesn't make the playoffs in the AFC that could have won the NFC championship. That's how stacked the AFC is. It seems like it. Because only seven of those teams are going to the postseason, and there will be some very good teams that are left behind. Let's take a break. Baker Mayfield left behind in Cleveland. What is next for him? 
the number one pick in the 2018 draft. Moving on, we'll discuss his fate when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. So Baker Mayfield, now available. Now available. Wanted to be traded. (laughs) Will be traded. Yep. And I I was poking around about this on Friday, and... Look, it's it's no secret that he was a pain in the ass for the Browns. We saw it publicly, and whatever you see publicly is probably a fraction of right. what they've dealt with privately. Right. Um, and there's a belief that that he needs to be humbled. That the the it can't be Carson Wentz 2021 where he lands in a place where he feels like he wins. He needs to go to a place where he feels like he's been humbled. He's been put in his place. He's he's going to get some of these issues ironed out a little bit. Uh, uh, although, I, I still think that, you know, if he goes to Detroit, not that there's any talk of that happening. I think his style would fit perfectly with what the Lions are trying to do. And there's a belief that Seattle would be perfect for him right now because they're developing kind of an us-against-the-world vibe. I know sure. he wants to go to Indianapolis, but I don't think Indianapolis wants to deal with him after dealing with Carson Wentz last year. I, I, they they yeah. want a they want a nice guy at quarterback. They don't want a guy that's going to be a problem in the locker room. Well, it's a risky and unless he gets his wings clipped on the way through the door. And it would happen if, you know, basically they have to give him away. If he gets traded to the Colts for a sixth or a seventh round pick, right? Or if the Browns have to pay a big chunk of the salary, something like that. That's what I think would have to happen before the Colts would touch him because the Colts want him walking through the door. I believe with a little less piss and vinegar. Yeah, frankly. Sure. Than what he currently has. Right. Yeah. You give him a little more piss and vinegar if you trade away a first round pick for him. He goes, well, it really wasn't that bad. I mean, they trade, they, they must like me a lot. It, Baker's going to be risky for a lot of the same re- reasons Carson Wentz will be. There's, there's a perception out there. And, you know, yeah, is the Indianapolis Colts going to be willing to take that chance with a guy that, yeah, you know, as, as we've talked about and it's out there. Well, yeah, the, the the Browns looked at him to be a little bit of a pain in the butt. There's no question, period. So, you know, does does the Colts want to take a chance on that type of guy with that narrative again for the second year in a row? And then, if it, you know, what you got to worry about is, yeah, we, we hope it works, but you you got to also take into account if it doesn't work and what's the worst-case scenario and the fact that if it doesn't work for the second year in a row, you know, national media – your home base, your home fans, their media, they're all going to go, well, what do you expect? The guy did the same thing at the other place. You thought he was going to come here and be fixed, just like what happened with Carson Wentz. So that's where it's risky for the Colts, but there's also limited options out there, and they're a damn good football team that's on the cusp of, you know, like we've talked about, breaking through. And they need the quarterback. And Baker Mayfield does have – you know, potential like we've talked about. We've seen some of it. So we've seen it. It's tangible on the field. Uh, and that's that's going to be the tough decision. The Seattle one, Mike, is interesting. Uh, but these Colts, that's the one I really got my eye on to see what they do. 
But again, I think that they would want to be damn sure that they're not stepping into another Carson Wentz situation. What do you damn what, sure? What do you think realistically? I, I can't imagine anything higher than a mid-round pick going to bake for Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns right now. Last year, the contract. Uh, we know they want to get rid of him. They got to get rid of him. He might want a new contract if he plays good. Uh, the, the 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 perception that is out there, I would think that it would be a fourth rounder or lower, really, honestly, for a Baker Mayfield. If you're sending the full contract, the full eighteen point eight million to a new team, that's going to reduce the trade value. If you're going to pay some of it, you get more. We've seen that yeah, more lot. and more frequently right. in recent years, and you know that's why. The Cowboys only got, what, a six or a five for Amari Cooper because the Browns took on the obligation of his contract fully and completely. If the Cowboys had paid some of it, they would have gotten more. And it becomes a transaction about buying draft picks, salary cap and cash space for draft picks. The Brock Osweiler trade from five years ago when the Browns took his contract, $17 million guaranteed, and got a second-round pick right. from the Texans for doing so. The Jared Goff piece of the Matthew Stafford trade the Lions get an extra first round pick that's the rough estimation for taking on the golf contract so if you're going to take the Baker Mayfield contract I don't know I don't know what you get if you're the Browns uh, I don't think it's quite at the point where the Browns would have to send a low round pick with the 18.8 million to get it off the books but that that's a complication and the fact that he's not under contract after this year that's a complication. So it all goes into that analysis. I got a question for you, though. Yeah. I think back to last year when the the Odo Beckham Jr. stuff happened and there was kind of a, a broader public push, free OBJ, and right. he was a sympathetic figure and whatever was going on there. And Does it bother you that there's been not a peep from anyone in the NFL, specifically with the Browns or anywhere else? Yeah. In support of Baker Mayfield. I mean, yeah, it, it says a little something. It says, I mean, it, it does uh, to me. And I, I know we brought it up a little bit on the, the show a few times. But, yeah, and I think we brought it up more through the lens of OBJ a little bit to go, listen, nobody in Cleveland's pointed a finger at OBJ ever since he's left. And, in fact, we've heard more behind the scenes kind of pointing the finger at the quarterback than anything. So, yeah, where there's smoke, there's fire. That does. It, it, it does. And then, you know, Mike, I even I even th think I saw something you wrote. I don't know if it was yesterday or Saturday. Again, I was down with the in-laws in Florida and lost track of time and days and what the hell was going on a little bit. But, like, I think you wrote even it, it, it bothered you a little that you're not hearing really anybody stick up for them even right now. You know, there was really no, like, no, no nothing public sentiment anything from a player in the in the locker room in Cleveland I mean that does it bothers me a little bit it does there's no doubt and and I don't mean bothers from the standpoint of why aren't these guys taking Mayfield's side it, right. it bothers you from the standpoint of they must not like the they guy they usually have they like the guy they come right. out and they, yeah you, you don't it just happens. you don't need to yes. go around it's right right and and they're not doing no one's saying no. anything no usually it's oh man we miss you know we haven't seen anything i haven't seen anything on social media about oh we'll miss you baker and all that type of stuff and yeah. man you know they they did my man they did my boy baker wrong here with the Browns, what do we do? Like, no, none of that. You're right. We're not seeing any of that. And I, again, not that I'm going to put, you know, 100% stock into that, but I do think it says something. Yes, and that's what's a little scary. 
You know, again, it's it's the the rumors you hear are starting to connect with the reality a little bit as you you know piece all this together. And it's going to be interesting to see where where Baker Mayfield goes. The Seattle one that you bring up is interesting, no doubt. And then I just wonder does does is Carolina going to be interested or willing because they got to be in desperation. You know, you look at them. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, I wonder if they will get involved with, with any interest in Baker Mayfield. I know they talked about it wanting still Jameis Winston back, but uh, Baker Mayfield is out there, and he's still got talent, and he has put it on film you know, more than one time in his career. But here's the intriguing contrast to me. In San Francisco, you constantly have had guys speak out and support of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, right. Constantly. Right. Constantly. Yep. And, and I – to, to the detriment of the team. Yeah, it's hurting the, the team. That it, hurting it, their it angle, threw a wrench yeah. in their ability to move on to Trey <laughs> right. Lance. They right. love Jimmy Garoppolo that much. Right. And maybe they should have read the room better. You know, you know, but but, but the, the bottom line is they've been stuck, and that's not an issue in Cleveland. So when you think about because it, it's proof that it happens. With some teams where the quarterback is beloved, it happens. The silence justifies saying – there's something, there's something up with Baker Mayfield and his teammates. A little. I, I think and, so. And, and again, I've said that anytime you see this stuff flash publicly and you say, man, they got a problem with this guy, you know it's worse when the cameras and the microphones aren't on. Right. It's not going to be any better. It's only going to be worse. Right. A hundred percent. You're just getting to see a snippet when a guy's behind the microphone and the camera. And usually guys know when they're trying to be on their best behavior in those situations. So... Yeah, I mean, usually the player that is capable, and at least in, in my experience in the eight years in the NFL and being around it my whole life with my dad, the guy that's capable of throwing a temper tantrum in front of the camera and microphone is usually very good at throwing a temper tantrum in the locker room or in front of the coaches or anything like that. So, yes, my, my history in the league and, and uh, yeah, experience there would, would say, yeah, you're right, Mike, 100%. Someone explained this to me yesterday, and it made me – think even more strongly about the Seahawks or the Lions. But the Seahawks make the most sense because they're not in a position where they're handcuffed by the bloated Jared Goff contract. But John Schneider, the GM of the team, his lineage goes back to the old Ron Wolf Green Bay Mafia. Yeah, right. And who who was their centerpiece at quarterback? It was Brett Favre. And what personality traits do we see from Baker Mayfield that we saw from Brett Favre? I mean, there's some similarity there. There's some commonality and just kind of that gunslinger mentality and yeah. that you know there, there is a charm to baker mayfield agree i'm not saying he's a complete yeah. total ass there's a charm i mean he's a he 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 was kind of a, a likable punk we said that last week when he came into the nfl and so the the thinking is schneider could be attracted to that so could john dorsey who goes back to the ron wolf green bay mafia and who drafted Baker Mayfield and who now works for the Lions. That's why I keep pushing this Lions thing. You, you, you got to wonder what they're doing behind the curtain in Detroit to say, hmm, you know what? Baker Mayfield really fits better with what we are trying to become than Jared Goff. How do we pull this off? And I won't be surprised if it happens. I mean, crazier stuff has happened in the past four days. It wouldn't be all that crazy. For all of a sudden, us to hear the Lions have acquired Baker Mayfield. I mean, first, Mayfield's got to be on board. Yeah, right. You don't want Mayfield right. if he doesn't want to be there. That's why the no-trade clause is overrated. You don't want a franchise quarterback who doesn't want to be with your franchise, no, whether right. there's a no-trade clause or not. Yeah. But 
I, it, that one just makes so much sense to me. And that's a place where Baker could walk through the door and his style would be praised. He would be the first quarterback. We talked about this last week. First quarterback in Detroit with swagger since Bobby Lane. Yeah. That's the way you get rid of the curse of Bobby Lane. You get yourself another Bobby Lane. <laughs> yeah. Get another guy from Texas. Get him up there. Uh, Baker Mayfield, no doubt, has positives for your franchise. Uh, you know, again, yeah, you're right. We we maybe had a lot of negative talk here. There, there's things we need to point out that are positive. His arm is big time arm. It's really powerful. Well, it, when he's on his game and mechanics are good, he can also throw it with power and fit it into tight windows. We just know at times it can be all over the place. He does have a presence on the field. You know, you, he's one of those guys that just, hey, look, that's Baker Mayfield. Okay, uh, he does bring a little bit of an edge to your team. And, and an edginess there. I mean, there's no question. I mean, even this year, I can't remember what game it was. Banged up shoulder, hurt, gets knocked out of bounds, gets up, gets all crazy, points first down, even though he's, you know, laid on the ground three times earlier in the game because he was in great pain. Uh, there, there is aspects to him where you go, well, we can build around that. We can. Uh, he, he's, he is fearless. He's tough. So there's things he can bring to the table and, and bring something to your football team there, too. Uh, I, I will say that there, there is. And I think, you know, it's just going to be about who's that team that's going to figure out and the price and all that. But the Seattle one does make a lot of sense. Like you said, he seems like he would fit into that type of environment as well. You know, a little edgy as long as they don't have to give up a whole lot to get them. Oh, maybe go up there, Baker Mayfield. You play it out for the year. You see what goes. They both feel each other out and they decide whether they want to be stuck with each other after that. But um, there is positives to Baker Mayfield being your quarterback. That's for sure. Hey, they got to do something. Drew Locke is not the answer. I'm sorry, but you can't pin your hopes to Drew Locke. If Pete Carroll is in any sort of hot water after last year and after trading Russell Wilson, you don't want to convince the boss to keep you around by making Drew Locke your quarterback and watch Drew, Drew Locke's on his way to be a pro bowler and a possible MVP candidate because he'll stay healthy all year and he'll play like he did in that game against the Texans in uh, yeah. December of his rookie year. Right. Let's go ahead and take a break. Matthew Stafford has gotten his financial reward from the Rams. That and more when this Monday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.